Hello there, welcome to the Tech Means Business podcast. This series of podcasts is where I get to talk to interesting people from the areas where business and technology come together and create something new, something either commercial or open source or useful. And today's product really, I guess, is incredibly useful, cybersecurity. We're talking today to a company, a new company called Trellix, although Trellix has actually come together um, thanks to the merger of two stalwarts of the cybersecurity scene. FireEye and McAfee. And in fact, Darish Ashjari um, speaks to us today uh, wearing his Trellix badge. Of course, um, he was a previous guest on this podcast when um, he was working for McAfee. So it's nice to welcome old friends back. The byline, if you like, of Trellix in this sense is extended detection and response, XDR. And if you think about the size of both FireEye and McAfee, um, perhaps that extended detection and response isn't going to be that surprising. We're talking about millions of daily users of these products. We're probably talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of organisations, companies and businesses all over the world that will be using FireEye and or McAfee now Trellix Solutions. So there's really a massive backing to this new company um, in terms of its cybersecurity intelligence, in terms of its abilities, and in terms of its research and development. Anyway, all these areas I'm sure we'll be touching on later in the podcast. My pleasure to welcome back Darius Ashjari, um, of Trellix. Hi Darish, welcome back. And you'll probably remember this, um, but if you could just start off um, by giving us a bit of a uh, potted history, a bit of autobiography about yourself and how you ended up at Trellix in this case. Sure, Joe, and it's great to be back on air with you again. Um, I had a lot of fun last time. Hopefully we can repeat it again. It was a great experience for me. So the background, how I end up here, oh my God, um, what a journey it has been. Um, I studied uh, electronics and electrical engineering, ultimately computer science in, in 80s. Don't ask me how old I am, okay, Joe? <laughs> um, and soon after, I got involved with um, IBM environment, Cisco, and Novell, and I start, stayed in the environment for around 15 years. And um, accidentally, or by choice, I don't know, it's a bit of a both, and maybe a bit of a luck, I end up at EMC. Uh, focusing on information management and data storage and backup recovery and replication. Stayed there for 10 years and then joined McAfee in year uh, 2010 um, and been here for just a tick over 12 years now, which it's been an interesting ride. I've been at McAfee for a while, become Intel, Intel Security, uh, went back to McAfee. We had a very successful IPO almost two years ago. And now under a brand new name called Trillix, which is quite exciting and very, very fresh. So some industry watchers will know that Trellix, as I said, um, has come about. It's a new brand being uh, brought together when McAfee and FireEye merged. Um, reading your website, um, it says something like 70% of the Fortune 500 are using Trellix by default or by by proxy, I guess, really. That kind of makes you guys unique in the market, doesn't it, in that you have this absolutely huge client list right from the get-go. It, it sure does, Joe. So Trellix is uh, built on the pre uh, premise of living security. Even the name is inspired by the name Trellis, 
And for the gardeners among us, they know what that is. It's a backbone structure of a living thing that a living plant can rely on a very um, structure, support structure and strong structure in order to grow and nurture and does what it does. Uh, and we, we're a little bit cheeky and we changed the S to X, which represents extended detection and response, which is XDR for short, uh, around core capabilities that uh, Trilix is uh, building and, and uh, offering as a capability to the market. And we could say that Trilix is built on the shoulder of two giants, McAfee Enterprise and, and FireEye. And on their own merit, they have significantly achieved greatness in the industry around different capabilities and so on. And combining these two, it'll create a very unique opportunity for us and for the market. And I could probably say that the uniqueness in what we do is around primarily focusing on extended detection and response. Um, I could probably say that there is no cybersecurity technology provided today or vendor today that's solely focused on XDR. Everyone does something else, and XDR is something they venture into. For us, it's what we're going to become our core capability and what we live and breathe, and our entire R&D is dedicated to XDR. So this extended detection and response is certainly something um, I want to touch on later. Um, but I think if we just roll back slightly before we get on to that more advanced phase, um, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations out there tend not to take even the most basic steps with their cybersecurity. And that leaves them very much in the, to use a bit of a, um, a naff phrase, uh, leaves them very much in the low-hanging fruit bracket. What are those things, what are the basics that companies can do in order to remove themselves, if you like, from this uh, menu of easy pickings for the hackers out there? What an interesting question, Joel. You're going to make me think now. So what are the basic things? I would start with three elements. Um, starting point would be a great understanding and insight on threat intelligence available in the market. And there is no shortage of that, but consumption of it has been made hard. And i like to suggest that we need to make the threat intelligence relevant to who is the target at. So if you're in the finance, in public sector, and, and any other verticals you're in, the threat intelligence need to be targeted. So that's number one. And, and the consumption of it needs to be made easy. I think automation, orchestration, machine learning, artificial intelligence, it's helping us to make consumption of threat intelligence uh, much, much easier than it used to be. The second aspect is complete visibility of the IT assets that we have in architecture, uh, that every single one of them play a role in building that massive architecture that uh, our IT environment is depending on. And the third pillar on, is around the vulnerabilities that we could identify that exist in the asset that we have, that IT asset could be the hardware, could be the software layer, could be application, could be network, could be cloud, and it's combination of all of that. Once you put all these together, and when they all emerge together, you can identify your qualified risk here. That threat intelligence comes in, it's relevant to you. The asset you have, does it suffer from any vulnerabilities? And are there any of those threat intelligence and, and cyber threats relying on the vulnerabilities uh, in the architecture that we have. And then you have this identified or qualified risk. And based on the risk appetite and the budget organization has, then you can make a bet that 
is it worthwhile for me to worry about cybersecurity and protection of that asset or I can live with it? And I think that normally gives a lot of insight to cybersecurity practitioners to have a very business-flavored discussion with board members. Yeah, I think the idea of having an audit or assessing risk is incredibly important for, for organizations to undertake. But let's assume we've undertaken our our audit and we've found out what's on our networks and found out uh, people's everyday working practices and they've uh, developed a, um, a pattern, if you like. Um, and we're moving now on to detection and then remediation. And those are the two steps that have really moved on, especially in the in the last six months or so. Um, and is that has that progress been taken because hackers and malware groups and the like, their methods have changed and they're getting smarter as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we can start with this, I guess, um, claim that the number of attacks are increasing on rapid, uh, I guess, rate. And the complexity of them are increasing rapidly as well. So to countermeasure that, a protection layer, which is first line of defense, need to evolve in an adoptive and, and kind of uh, a, a liquid form of detection uh, and capability where the protection of the environment is the first line of defense. But we are not in the business to provide 100% protection. As uh, the IT environment becomes more fluid, uh, more open and so on, there's always a, a, a room for a new vulnerability or new air gap or unprotected part of the infrastructure which is susceptible to attacks. So comes the notion of detection. Uh, and the detection is a very important part of a cybersecurity architecture in order to catch the things that the protection layer didn't catch, right? And industry normally measures uh, certain KPIs such as uh, mean time to uh, detection, how long it takes for you to detect an attack where it arrives at doorstep. And there's some shocking statistic, Joe, in the industry that it could be weeks and months. Mm-hmm. And uh, the new realm of cybersecurity is shorting that time to detection. And ultimately, what you want to do is detect abnormalities in your architecture and go into the response. And with the help of new computing models, faster, I guess, infrastructure, machine learning, artificial intelligence, better skills, collaboration between technologies, that response time need to squash and get shorter and shorter as well. So ultimately, we want a very adoptive learning, hence a, a living security, security architecture, let's say, that provides the best-in-class protection, right? Provides us capability in order to detect abnormalities and attacks as they arrive in your architecture and respond to them. And there is very important piece, which means we learn from it and we go back and and we uh, refine our policies. So the same attack, same footprint, same cyber criminals cannot come through the same ways. As you mentioned there, Darius, some of those detection times, I mean, I've heard quotes of 80 or 90 days and on a couple of occasions two or three hundred days of of dwell time is that fairly typical it is very typical because uh, uh, you know um, there are uh, this misconception that your protection layer should capture should capture everything and 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 it does and the reality isn't and you know uh, a, a very experienced cybersecurity professional knows that it's not a matter of 
uh, if you get attack or breach, it's a matter of when and are you ready for it. And organizations yeah. who build capabilities, processes, and skills in order to deal with it are much more, I guess, uh, ready to shorten the time to detection itself. And um, there is no shortage of statistic and, and researchers where attacks could be hidden uh, for months and for years uh, versus uh, the, the ability for the cyber, I guess, practitioners to identify that, am I under attack? If I am, how they beach head into my architecture and what is the process of detection and remediation? So awareness uh, plays a key role and advancement in technology helps a lot to identify that, do I observe any abnormalities in my architecture? What does uh, a, a bad actor is up to? Uh, and and the, the, I guess the anatomy of attack looks like, how far to spread in my architecture and how do I go and remediate that? Now, I have to give you a bit of background, Darish, to my to my next question. I started out computing uh, probably back in the 17th century um, when I think my first real computer, at least my first networked computer, uh, was a Macintosh, and they were called Macintoshes back then, running System 7. It might even have been System 6. And one of the um, ways that we Apple fanboys back in the day um, could be increasingly smug and there were many ways in which we could be smug was that we were running an operating system for which there were no uh, viruses as they were called then there were no viruses that affected the mac platform uh, so if you spin forward now to the to the days of windows 10 going on windows 11 i'm now using a linux desktop uh, but Mac users and Linux desktop users, I guess, to a certain extent, can exhibit that kind of smugness. We're using operating systems that aren't susceptible to malware. And um, is, that, is that approach uh, a practical one for companies to take in order to get themselves out of that low-hanging fruit category? So this misconception that certain operating environments and, and computing platforms are immune to cyber attack is a myth. Maybe in the past, and this is uh, far in the past, certain platforms uh, such as Mac, um, iOS on, on iPhones, Android on, on, on uh, different phone platforms and so on, were immune or weren't that relevant to cyber criminals in order to uh, build uh, a attack uh, or uh, leverage the vulnerabilities on these platforms to, to drive their agenda. But... As we stand today, every single operating environment in the world has got vulnerabilities and you can find malware and viruses that it targets them. Uh, and there is not a single operating environment or computing platform that today uh, that can claim that we're immune to viruses and we're not, uh, we're not attacked. So we need a unified endpoint protection that offers multi-platform protection. And, and when I say multi-platform, it goes across desktops, laptops, mobile devices, multifunctional devices, even smart devices such as smart TVs and fridges and all the rest of it. And this is going to get very interesting, Joe. There's this whole notion of protecting critical infrastructure where power plants, uh, gas distribution networks, uh, water distribution networks, and so on leverage uh, computing platforms uh, to function. And, and some of the function of this device is very simple. It's a solenoid electrical valve that turns on and off. 
But that could be a difference between flooding a whole city or shutting down power grid in a, in a, a cosmopolitan or not. And protection of it is very important. And we find a lot of vulnerabilities and almost no protection in this environment. So to answer your question in a long way, there is not a single computing platform today that is immune or not targeted by cyber criminals. And that kind of neatly moves on to my next question, I guess. I mean, Trellix is a very, very big company. It's got fingers in many pies. It serves small uh, businesses, uh, consumers, right up to um, enterprise um, sizes of organizations. You're also quite active in the IoT and the II. OT space, anything networked, really, I guess. So although it's difficult for you to say, it being such a big company, where are you guys headed? I mean, what's what's coming up? What are your um, R&D professionals concentrating on um, in the immediate future? It probably has to describe what uh, XDR, extended detection response is, mm. which is not a product. It's nothing you can ring Trulix and say, can I have one? And, and please uh, give, give me a quotation. It's an architecture. It's a framework that encompass the entire landscape of IT, being servers, desktops, networks, applications, multifunctional devices, IoTs, anything in the cloud and within the cloud and between the cloud. And in the past, we had evolution of endpoint security and endpoint detection and remediation, EDR. And the market started to develop some connection in the EDR framework to get feeds from, let's say, firewall, to get feeds from certain applications and so on. And this notion of XDR came about. So what Trillix is doing is building a quite a comprehensive framework and architecture to allow our customers to build an XDR uh, capability that it could have hooks across the entire IT landscape and give them holistic view of what is going on in IT infrastructure today, be able to have a readout and, and, and integration with protection layer itself and how they're performing, and the abnormalities across the entire landscape. And as abnormalities detected, with the help of machine learning, with the help of um, artificial intelligence, suggest the next most logical course of action to a cybersecurity professional behind the screen. So you no longer require to have very experienced um, and a senior security operation analyst sitting behind the console. Technology can tell you that this particular point, you need to have a look at the registry settings in, in a Windows machine and see why that has been uh, changed itself. And more importantly, uh, uh, this notion of guided uh, uh, investigation, what is the most logical next course of action till it gets you to the remediation itself? And now we've got an environment that we need to have visibility and control across the entire landscape. Server farms, desktop farms, mobile devices, multifunctional, smart devices, and anything in the cloud itself. So where our R&D is going is providing a world-class XDR framework, which years of research and development is done by McAfee and FireEye. Now it's combining into that architecture. And there's so many moving parts of it that contributes to this, such as protection of the devices, data loss prevention, ability to lock down environments, and, and anything in between. I think it's probably worth uh, reiterating this idea um, that extended detection and response isn't 
um, a single tool. It's a collection of tools. It's a mindset. It's um, a framework in which cybersecurity professionals and their systems uh, work to promote uh, protection and work to promote um, a common good. And so, therefore, if we if we look at XDR as uh, a fairly complicated subject, the chances are people are going to want to delve into it a bit more. It's probably worth mentioning at this point that there is a massive um, shortage of skilled cybersecurity personnel um, out there. And in fact, if anyone's listening, thinking about a career change, and you fancy, I don't know, $100,000 plus a year, um, after probably three, four years, um, cybersecurity is um, a good place to get into. But nevertheless, um, how are they? Um, how are people out there going to be able to reach you guys? I'm assuming that you're kind of um, showing yourselves out again now in public at expos and the like. Are you going back into back out into the world now as a company? Sure. So before I go and answer that, let, let me chime in on what you mentioned that. Industry suffers from human fatigue, technology fatigue, and shortage of skills. And we see, Joe, that any typical cybersecurity architecture is made of 50-plus technologies. Every piece of these technologies have its own life cycle. From the time you determine what you want, you select, you deploy, and you manage it, normally it's a three-, four-year life cycle. Imagine you got 50 of them, and you mm -hmm. have to manage and a cybersecurity practitioner sits behind many consoles and they have to make sense of all the noise that the 50 plus piece of technology creates. What a nightmare is. And our mission in life is to simplify that through automation, orchestration. And, and a key component of what Trilix does is bringing automation, orchestration, and, and collaboration of different technologies. And we know that we cannot solve that problem on our own we have to create an ecosystem. And I'm pleased to share with you that more than 400 other non-Trilix technologies today are part of that eco XDR ecosystem. So to answer your questions, absolutely. With, with COVID restrictions easing, uh, some regions are faster than other, we are at the, you know, I've attended an event uh, two weeks ago. I'm attending an event this week. I'm going to Singapore next week for a face-to-face -face meeting. Um, and, and then come back to Sydney for another event. So, yes, we are out there and, and we're seeing um, customers and partners of us across the globe in, in many locations. And now I cannot wait to go and see customers face to face. Uh, I'm, I'm itching for that. And uh, we use any opportunity as far as uh, the local restriction allow to go and see customers and tell them about Trulix and what we are about. And as ever, dear listeners, uh, do consult the show notes uh, for links um, for different ways in which you can uh, get in contact uh, with Trellix and learn perhaps a bit more about extended detection and response. The music's coming up, um, which usually means um, our time's coming to a close. Dariush, as ever, uh, an absolute pleasure, and uh, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Joe. And thank you too as well, all the listeners out there for joining us today. I hope you've uh, found that as informative and interesting as I certainly did. Um, I hope we'll have Darius um, on the podcast again, uh, maybe in a year or two's time. He's seeing as he's becoming a bit of a regular these days. So thank you to everyone out there who's listened. Uh, and I hope that you can join me next time uh, on the Tech Means Business podcast. Bye for now.